The start of a new school year is a lot, especially in college. Turn that pile of coursework into great grades and stress-free weekends with Grammarly. Grammarly's digital writing assistant is a must-have for every college student. Its comprehensive writing suggestions help you avoid all those little mistakes that eat into your grade, so you can turn in your work with confidence. Best of all, it's free to use with all your favorite devices and apps. Need more advanced features? Upgrade to Grammarly Premium for clarity full-sentence rewrites that rephrase hard-to-read sentences, cutting down on jargon and making your essays as clear and impactful as possible. It even comes with built-in plagiarism detection. Just one more way Grammarly covers all the details that go into getting the best possible grade. Improve your grades with fewer all-nighters by using Grammarly. Sign up for your free account at Grammarly.com slash podcasts and get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. On another episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, the Scouts continue their mission for humanity on their attempts to reclaim Walmaria. We talk about the Havoc of the Titans, the Seekers of Shiganshina, and much more right after these ads we have no control over. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. A one, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. yeah. Welcome Ooh. back to another episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, where we take action animation seriously, and act seriously. I'm one of your hosts, Suhara Lee. With me is my co-host, Jason Adi Sinclair. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Uh, still reeling from some of the revelations of this back half of the season, but uh, happy to be here to discuss it all with you. Yeah, uh, it's great to be able to binge through this and not have to wait four years at a time and then one week on top of that with the midseason break. Um, this second half of season three, which is episodes 50 through 59 in the grand scheme of things. Right. I th- This half of it confirmed for me that season two and the first part of season three were the slowest parts of the show in my opinion i felt like there was a lot of character development i've already spoke about like my distaste with the non-linear timeline after waiting four years (laughs) uh and then with humans being the the primary antagonist of the last half I felt like that was a slowdown for me. Not that it was uninteresting, Mm -hmm. but the fascination of the show is just how terrifying and unpredictable these Titans are. So I was more engaged going back to that. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I'm I'm kind of on the same page as you. Um, As much as I appreciated the first half of season three, switching things up, making it feel like a little bit of a different show, getting more insight into the political workings of this world the show is called attack on titan and in that first half the only real titan action we got was when rod rod reese rod rice uh turned into that monstrous titan and then when aaron got to acquire his hardening skill so i definitely found 
this back half of the season just much more satisfying in terms of, you know, getting that Titan action, finally getting some answers to all these questions we had while setting up even more of a mystery and more questions like the show always does such a great job of doing. And this season actually like ended on somewhat of a light note. Like it was depressing context, but it was a lighter note where I was like, when, when the the first half of this ended, I was like, there's no way it's in this light. There's got to be something. And the end credits, he threw me off this time. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> we're good? Yeah. Okay, we're going to the next season now. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you say it ended on a light note. And while it did end on a like victorious note, it came at quite a cost. Like, Oh, yes. This, the scout regimen has been decimated. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they, for a time they were using the decimation as the terminology for the for the snap or the snapping what what you what will you or what have you um but this was a absolute decimation of a fighting force and it was rough yeah the scouts wish that they could have just been snapped away so quickly without ever knowing sure sure i mean there was stones involved just a lot more <laughs> yeah uh, so this this half has I want to say two main stories to it. One is going back to Shiganshina and sealing Walmaria. And the second half of it is the revelation. They finally get to the basement. They finally find Dr. Jaeger's notes and they uncover a lot of the history and a lot of the secrets to that. Just basically like really establishing this world, which is one of mm-hmm. my fascinations with, anime is how good the world building is and just the the pure imagination that comes from it so while we're on the 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 most frequent thing like the last thing that we saw was a lot of the world building stuff so while it's more fresh in our head let's talk a bit about that and the the thing that i kind of want to get off is we talked about the intrigue of how german based the names and the designs and the characters and stuff were right i wasn't expecting so much of um like nazi history to be thrown (laughs) into this right like as soon as they went to the flashback to dr jaeger when he was a child and they were putting the armbands on i was like they're not going that direction, are they? And then it was like these kids have to stay on their side, and right. I was like, oh, yeah, their internment zones, internment zones are effectively ghettos. And while their armband doesn't feature a Jewish star, it has a star of some kind on it. So yeah. the imagery is is very. If, if I mean, I I think most people in this modern world are pretty familiar with that history of you know what went down in world war ii and the holocaust so it's pretty just on a visual level pretty arresting and tells you exactly what they're going for and it did make me like uncomfortable when i started putting the pieces together mm. it it's it made me question like the taste of it when they made that decision but mm-hmm. at the same time they were setting up a story that was supposed to make you uncomfortable and that setting kind of like set it up for you right off the bat mm-hmm. and then just to make sure that you were on the right track like they made sure to take Dr. Jaeger's daughter away and then kill her and feed her to dogs for him to see and then them lied about so it's like oh his his sister Faye 
Not his daughter. Oh, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything about that was just traumatizing. Like, I I opened with the last episode talking about how we have a villain that's more scary than that's than Titans and that's humans. And hmm. this this arc, this story, I don't think was shy of that at all. No, I mean the Marlian officers, the land of Marley seems like it's being set up as our ultimate antagonist here. And the revelation that all the Titans we've seen up into this point, all the Titans that we've wished to watch die. And as much as, you know, I don't always gel with the character of Aaron. I do agree with him. Like I want them all to die. Like it makes, it kind of leaves a pit in your stomach thinking that all of these Titans were actually for the most part, innocent people that were just Mm -hmm. turned, turned into those things. It's wild. I didn't see it coming from a mile away. Yeah, we see it with people that we don't have like too much of a connection to, like for the sake of story. But like, I can't not think of Connie's mom and the situation that she was Mm. in when Mm. she was turned and like, what really happened? Like, did somebody actually just go to that town and just start, you know, knocking them out and injecting them? Like, think Mm -hmm. of like Connie's mom's position. Like she was laying on her back with a head falling over. Like, what if she was actually like knocked out or concussed and just like literally just laying there and just drew into a titan on top of the house and woke up and just like how am i here why am i here like it's very i am legend hmm where these are people and they there is a level of like them being who they are because they can revert back like spoilers for a 15 year old movie uh there's there's levels of them like coming back to who they were and you wonder like how much of the of the original humans consciousness and is there when their instinct is forcing them to just eat people it's it's really heartbreaking stuff yeah it kind of makes me wonder and I, i wonder if we'll get the answers later on but i wonder if maybe part of the reason they are so steadfast in their desire to eat people is maybe they have more of their conscience than we're thinking and they are just desperate to get back to their normal human form maybe i mean you talk about connie's mom but i immediately think of grisha yeager's first wife uh dinah dinah fritz and the fact that she was that smiling titan that terrified Uh. the crap out of me the fact that she told grisha no matter what even if they were titans she would find him and sure enough she didn't find him per se, but she found where he lived and poor Carla, but she found him like, oh, one way or another. You're the new. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, is <laughs> as depressing and traumatic as that scene is like when I made that connection of her finding Carla I was like, OK, I'm sorry. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I can I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> and then you mentioned um you mentioned Dinah. Dinah Dinah. There's so many different ways to say all these names. Um you mentioned Dr. Yeager's wife Dinah. Was it, how do you say his name? Grisha? Yeah, Grisha. Grisha. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of go into the world building that was made here because she's royalty. So she's connected right. to the rice family in some way 
Yes. Um, Whether it be like cousins or. Yeah, I, I don't. Or... Yeah, I don't know how the family tree breaks down exactly, but uh, apparently she shares blood with Historia Rice on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, her last name is Fritz. So that is kind of gives a little credence to the fact that we had that puppet king Fritz was actually named after the original original royalty. And I guess the Rices changed their name just to try and kind of go into hiding. Hmm. Or it could have been like one of the family members had a daughter and married a Rice. Oh, yeah, that's, and... yeah that totally could be too. Yeah, yeah something of that sort. <laughs> that's uh, how genealogy so... works. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they show us a family tree at some point because I do yeah, want to understand cool. like what the connections are. I, I didn't even know the king's name was Fritz. I just remember him as a dude that was asleep on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a country known as Marley, and we right. have the Marleyans and mm-hmm. the Eldians. Eldians. I have to go like back and forth with my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Marleyans and the Eldians. The Eldians yeah. were like the followers of Emir. Correct. Who was a Titan. I guess she was the original Titan. They the say that she... The founding Titan. Right, right. She struck a deal with the demon of all Earth, I want to say. The demon of all Earth, and that she was the original human that was able to transform into a Titan, and all of her descendants are Eldians, are subjects of Ymir, and they have that ability somewhere within them as well. Which gives a lot more context to Season 2 and our character... Of Amir. She's kind of the namesake of that original founding Titan. Yeah, which... because she was a orphan. Right. And they changed her name to Amir. Right, right. I don't think that was her original name. Okay. That puts a lot more context. Nonlinear timelines, man. Yeah. And that <laughs> was one of those no context things where she gave her story of being an orphan. They changed her name. People were worshiping her. Right. But then it was, she was kind of like a scapegoat. So when mm-hmm. the military police of Marley, which now we know that she was on a whole other like country entirely during this, mm-hmm. the police of Marley found her, took her, and now we have context of her being changed on a wall and thrown over an edge. Like now we understand that that was parody and parody is where the three walls and our heroes currently reside. Apparently right. there was a war between the Eldians and the Marlians and the Eldians retreated to, which I jokingly said before parody is like the Australia of this world of this Germanic world, because that's where they threw all the prisoners but right. the founding Titan and the King were over there and they built the walls and I guess white, they had the ability to just kind of like wipe the minds of everybody there and just make them think that there was nothing beyond the walls. And like, this is all that there was to life was just living within the walls. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the first half of season three. As I recall, that was one of the things that Rod Rice kind of revealed to us is that, um, Frida, as well as his brother, anyone who inherited that um, 
original royal titan they immediately fell in line with what that original king wanted and he wanted everyone to forget and his goal was peace on some level peace through ignorance i guess i mean we still have a a lot to learn and hopefully there are revelations coming but yeah i mean until then i'm just gonna see it's just man wanting power hmm yeah so that, that makes me wonder if the founding titan is the one that has the ability to command other titans is that how they made the wall is that the king had the ability to tell the titans to lock arms and stand on each other's shoulders and they just did the ability and then built brick around it to make them forget uh yeah that sounds right to me i think i I jokingly said that in season two but now i'm like okay that could have actually been the case yeah very well might have been yeah i mean save you a lot of time in terms of having to build you know a foundation yeah i mean i know we're supposed to be talking about like our thoughts on the season but i feel like i'm just recapping and repeating the story but there's so much going on and there's a lot of stuff that just needs clarification that i just kind of (laughs) make sure we're on the same page and like understanding the story or i'm also kind of wondering on that same note we we haven't really gotten any more revelations in terms of the fact that aaron like drank a formula that was that said like armor or hardening whatever it was maybe those titans all locked arms and just like hardened themselves and then they only had to like i guess add a little bit of brick and mortar on top of that hmm. not sure but sounds like you were right on the money i wasn't yeah i wasn't present for the season two coverage but i did edit it and i listened to it i just can't recall but wouldn't be the first time you your guesses were right on the money it happens from time to time <laughs> um so they talk about there being like the nine there's nine like particular titans right we find out that aaron's is called the attack titan because he's the one that presses forward right uh very appropriate and now we know what the show's named after a little bit of a play on words there yeah yeah so we have the attack titan the armor titan colossal Colossal. titan yeah is emir something unique is she the midget titan? I want to say they called her the jaw titan at some point in time. I think that was dialogue between Bertolt and Reiner um, in which they referred to her as the jaw titan, which makes sense giving her her chomping ability. Hmm. And then we have the female titan, but I feel like there's right. a more appropriate term for that. Yeah, I mean, if if she is just the female Titan, I wondered if if a guy were to somehow oh, yeah. inherit that power, would he just still be a female Titan? <laughs> it's like, this isn't right. I'm like, I'm wondering what are the unique abilities she had, because the whole like diamond hardening thing is something that Aaron can do now, too. Yeah, it seemed like she had the ability to command Titans on some level because she let out that cry of the pain. alpha roar, as I call it. Right. Uh, she had hardening abilities. And I, th- I think that might be it. But other Reina than being just call too. Oh, he can. Okay, all right. Maybe that's just something that 
is um, common among all all nine of these titans. Hmm. But uh, who else do we have? We have the Beast Titan. Yeah, that's six. And then I don't know if we got a name for the Titan with the, like the elongated face that was on all fours, but that definitely seems to be one of them as well. They called him a scout. Oh, okay. I guess it could be scout. And he had the red eyes. Like okay. The other ones kind of depicted a couple of times. So the, the scouts like maybe seven. Huh? Okay. And then the founding, if, well, I guess, I guess the founding Titan doesn't, isn't included in the, or, well, here's the thing. The founding Titan has been part of the race rice family for a while. Mm-hmm. And Grisha. Yeah. Grisha consumed that one. Right. Grisha. So what if Frida. Grisha and Aaron are a two in one? I I think that's what we're, we're supposed to believe. And that's why Reiner and Bertolt, uh were making such an effort to take him alive. And that pushes my next theory is what if there is like a shield Titan or a defense Titan or something like that. And that was actually in the bottle. Oh, and Aaron actually consumed that. Like that was actually one of the nine that was supposed to be put into somebody. And Aaron's like a three in one right now. That could be, I I can rock with that headcanon for the time being. Uh, makes more sense than anything else I can come up with. Huh. Yeah. Man, there was a lot of stuff and yeah. <laughs> this this part of the season made me feel like it was going to be like filler and I was just going to be sitting during story time, but it just gave me the same level of intensity that the rest of the show has. Like even their storytelling mm. stuff has been like I'm intrigued. I'm very interested in this right now. Yeah, I mean it was all very riveting and fascinating, you know. From the return to Shinganshina and the battle that took place there and the development of the Thunder Spears, you know, if we're going to call parody Australia, makes me think that the Thunder Spears are the thunder from down under. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I found myself really... Titan on a babby. (laughs) Throw another Titan on the babby. Yeah. Um, I found myself really feeling for these characters that were supposed to have like a lot of animosity towards like Reiner Reiner when he, when the thunder spears all hit him in his nape and he let out that cry, like, I don't want to die. Like, oh, I really, man. I really that felt for me. him. Yeah. I really felt for him. And poor Bertolt, like he, towards the end there, he was showing no remorse whatsoever. You know, his exchange with Armin and what he did to Armin, that can be a whole nother conversation, but mm after Armin ate him and was having that dream where he could hear Bertolt just saying, it hurts. It hurts so badly. And then he wakes up and sees Sasha saying that it was just, Oh my goodness. Like Bertolt was the quiet character. And he's, you can see Bertolt as a colossal Titan with tears coming down his eyes too. Right. Right. Exactly. Super big. I was like, Whoa. And for Rhina, we talked about how he could possibly have like disassociative identity disorder at this point. Like sure, split sure. personalities. Right. And I think in that moment of him realizing what was happening, he went from warrior to soldier. Mm. 
And he was genuinely just in that laid back. I'm a person I'm fighting and I'm scared I'm about to die. Like the part of him that we love was the person that we saw last in his like sure. moments. Well, he didn't die, but I totally forgot that he got picked up by the scout. Right. And um, I, why do I always mess up her name? But Zoe Hanji. There we go. Yeah. I got it right on the first try this time um, <laughs> when she's basically questioning him and saying, you know, or it's, it's kind of funny to see that he didn't want to die then, but when she's questioning him, he's fully prepared to die until he gets rescued there. Um, but he does have that letter from Amir to Astoria that kind of uh, lets us know a little bit about the fate of Amir or so it seems. And despite everything that's happened, like we've no, we've seen the scouts within the wall. Like we've seen all of them die except for Hanji already. Like mm-hmm. bless the person who threw her into a well and all she lost was an eye. Right. Because you were talking about the episode before. It's like something happens to her. So help me God. And then right, it was like, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, Scoots is not about to be happy right now. And then I've... she came out of that with that badass moment of when Sasha almost I got scared for Sasha. Yeah. When she got impaled and missed her shot on the jaw and she was right. like, I got it. Just came in with one. I got that shot. And then Mikasa put in the final blow. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Right. But like even leading up to that, knowing that the other scouts had been killed by the two of them already. Sasha and Connie and Jean just they can't find the heart to hurt their friend. Right. And then Jean is like, hey, Hanji, if you could not kill my buddy, that'd be great. And after her dialogue of. If it's a problem, it was my decision. You were just a factor in it. And seconds later, the scout Titan comes in and grabs him. And it's like, right. And then John's like, why didn't I do it? Why did I hesitate? Why didn't we kill him? And Hanji's like, shut up. We already had this conversation. <laughs> we're going on to the next thing now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was such a huge sigh of relief to know that Hanji was not actually taken out when so many of them were. But we did get some, you know, pretty devastating losses. Um, we got with the whole Irvin's last charge, um, losing Irvin, even though he hung around for a little bit longer. But uh, that character, that former military police cadet Marlowe, seeing his final moments were, was pretty heartbreaking. Um, and then, you know, we, we talked him a little telling bit. everyone not to wuss out. They were like, we have a job to do with the horses. It's like, what's your problem? And it's like, there's that, you know, unstructured, you know, military organization I've been talking about throughout this True. whole series. I've already went just like questioning him and Irvin's True. like, all right, time for me to speak up once more. Yeah. 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 And then on top of that, just, they really threw us for a loop with Armin. Like I thought Armin was gone. Just looking at his completely charred yeah. body. That was tough. It was funny when Aaron was like pushing the foot. Cause I was mm. like, that's a lot of effort to just slide a foot back. Like, I feel like he could just pick up his foot and kick him. Oh, that's exactly what he did <laughs> right, right to the tip of the wall. And I was like that. Ooh, that looks really uncomfortable. His mouth's open. His eyes are just dead. Armin mm. once more like lectures Aaron into waking up and right. He tells Aaron like, Oh, I'll hold on as long as I can. We got this plan and this and that, but mm-hmm. he 
he damn well knew that he was ready to die in that moment just for the cause. And the the, the plan was epic because mm-hmm. I, too, was like, Aaron just, he just fell off the wall. Like, that couldn't have been it. Like, what was the plan he was going for? And then it was turned out it was intentional. He hardens it. He because he got he got the first seal already. And then he got right. the second one to lock it up. So it was a twofer on getting those missions in. Uh he's only had one ODM get kill up until now. Oh, that's and right. His second kill is the Colossal Titan. How savage yeah. is that? <laughs> Pretty epic. Pretty epic. I'll I'll give it to him. And yeah, all the credit goes to Armin for that brilliant strategy. You know, he was getting a little he was given some flack there towards the end about whether or not he was the right person to save. But, you know, Levi made that choice for a reason mm-hmm. and mutiny be damned. <laughs> I think it was the right decision. Yeah, it was the whole time that I was watching. I was like, what happens that causes Mika and Aaron to try to kill Levi? Like, right. That, like I said, that, end credits scene like messed me up i was not mm. okay after i saw that <laughs> for sure i was like what's sure. happening what's happening and then i was like oh okay they're just gonna save iron because we saw everybody on the side of the wall die already and when that dude comes in with Irvin, like Flock, missing yeah. his Flock side i was Irvin. like and hey, mm. flocked over <laughs> <laughs> he was flocking the surviving court i was like oh no i saw leva and i was like no 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 like flock you idiot why did you why did you drag him how did you get over the wall to begin with yeah and why did you do this why and how did you just survive that onslaught like of all the people to survive that yeah that guy with that haircut it shouldn't be you yeah, that that scene was a lot. And then Hanji oh. had to hold down Mikasa. Mm-hmm. Aaron Aaron got half of his teeth kicked out. Like mm-hmm. we've seen Levi deliver some like solid kicks, but the fact he knocked out the teeth on half of his face and Aaron just like Karar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Levi's a badass, but we've seen plenty of badass moments from him, but I don't know if anything came close to his uh, his approach to the Beast Titan because I was furious with the Beast Titan, just how cocky he was, just treating it like a game of baseball, so cocksure. And then to see him have that moment of fear when Levi uses the other Titans to approach him. That was just so satisfying. That was amazing. I have watched that scene. Like I've watched (laughs) Uzui and Giotoro, like, yeah, just play. Like whenever I'm just like, I have a few moments or like I'm in the bathroom or something, just go to YouTube and just like watch that over and over again. It's just incredible. Like, it's it's so sad that you had to sacrifice hundreds, possibly like a thousand or so lives just to get not even the kill, first of all, but just to give Levi the distraction of like sliding from one Titan to another slash each one of those. And then the mm-hmm. 
you know, everyone firing their smokes up. And, you know, you talked about how just menacing it was that he thought it was a game. That's the thing about the Titans is that, like, we didn't think they have any, like, control over what they're doing. They're menacing to be menacing. But to even the first time that we saw the Beast Titan in season two and he spoke, like, it gave me goosebumps because oh, to yeah. have that size and that power and then still have the the intellect of a human like that was just outright terrifying his mm-hmm. all of his dialogue and just not giving a care for any of these people was like it really was satisfying to get him sliced up and i was i was really happy with how terrified he was when he got ripped out yeah but again let's have a dialogue with the guy let's talk to him instead of just killing him right away and then right. the scout titan scoops him up i'm like no and then levi has to like spider-man flip like through the rest of the titans and work his way over and it mm-hmm. was it was supposed to be as simple as like hey give me your stuff so i can go chase him like he could have been like here's the syringe give me the odm gear okay i'm back on it and that was part of the the mutiny before the kill attempt was that Mm. He didn't even get to chase either of them down because Levi could have ended everything right there. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it seems like the Beast Titan was the, I don't know, I guess leader for Bertolt and Reiner. He was kind of giving them their orders in terms of like the setup before the battle. And his his dialogue to Aaron right before he disappears is pretty cryptic what he said something to the effect of your father has brainwashed you and that's something that i've been i've been victim of as well so um correct me if i'm wrong but i want to say that either reiner or bertolt referred to him as zeke so i think we got the revelation that the beast titan was grisha's first son zeke mm-hmm. that basically threw him under the bus to the marlian government yep yeah, wild. That's a pretty um trying to watch my mouth. It's a pretty awful son. Yeah, I'm it's making me wonder if he's being set up to be the ultimate big bad for this entire show. I mean, if he's representing the Marlians, yeah, I imagine so because Parody Island is supposed to be is supposed to have like a lot of resources. Oh, right evidently so i feel like and then there's the whole thing of like we need to wipe out the eldian race which he is one of them technically and apparently reiner and Bertolt were as well because those are the only people that can become titans mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken so what coerced them into having such distaste for their their own race that they'd I mean, you heard propaganda, Bertolt's... I imagine. Okay, yes. I mean, some of Bertolt's final words to Armin were like, you all have to die. Like, And Armin asked who decided that, and he said that he decided that. Yeah. So I really hope we get a little bit more backstory for both of them. I mean, Reiner's, Reiner's still in the game to some extent, but it has me really curious. Could you imagine if the three of them, Reiner... Bertolt and Annie were mm. like were part of what we called uh, like the, the concentration camp and they were 
could you imagine like they were if they were part of the concentration camp and the uh the Marlians like gave them a life basically outside of that like hey we'll feed you and you can you can be one of us and hey by the way like look at these awful people look at these you know these vermin and this and that like we need to wipe them out here's power hmm. so that we can do it and this is what you'll get we can get your family of life and whatnot like i'm trying to think like of, of the propaganda and the brainwashing for children to to get them to like rise up for their cause. Right. Yeah. It has to be something like that. I, I think you're right on the money with that because I don't know if it's true for all Titans, but uh, we talked a little bit about some of the revelations we got through Grisha's memories, but Aaron's namesake, Aaron Kruger, who was the owl for the restorationists within the Marley government tells him that whoever inherits the attack Titan only has 13 years to live. Afterwards. I think it's any of the Titans. Is it any of the Titans? Because okay, so. Armin was like, oh, I have 13 and Aaron's like, I have eight years. Oh, you're right. At this point. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So it makes me wonder how long, you know, Reiner has had his, Annie has had hers, and how long Bertolt had the Colossal in total. Much less Zeke. Zeke seems like he's a good deal older than all of them. So I think Reiner... Bertholdt and Aaron are about the same time because okay. Aaron got his right after the attack right because we saw so we have Grisha's memories from the Rice family when they when Papa Rice whatever his name was touched Aaron and the memories went through we forgot right. to talk about it last week, but when um, Commandeer Keith oh, yeah. shared his story about how he met Carla and Grisha. Sure. So we have perspective from that. And now we have perspective from Grisha's diaries himself. And it, they kind of like pieced, they pieced, they've pieced all three of these perspectives together now. And there right. was dialogue of please, we need to do this. Maria's being attacked as we speak. So I feel like Aaron getting the powers and consuming Grisha was after, like right after the wall got attacked. Okay. And if abnormal Titans have never been seen before, AKA the Colossal and Armor Titans, I feel like they got their powers when the mission was established. So they were like, here's okay. the mission. This is what we're doing. Here's your shot. Go mess up that wall. Right. So th the three of them could be eight years and Annie could have gotten hers right before she attacked all the scouts. She could have had it for a while, but have had the mission for earlier. Okay. And we've had like flashbacks of Annie of early, like I have to wait for my dad. So like, right, right. Yeah. Who's her dad and what does he play in this? Yeah, it gives me the impression that her dad probably plays. I mean, he he would have to be either her mother would have to be Eldian or he has to be Eldian. But I get the impression that he was somewhat involved in the Marlian government. So maybe it's maybe it's what I maybe it's the fact that he's a Marlian and maybe her mother is an Eldian and maybe mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for as well. And like, that's what she has to do to be worthy in his eyes. 
Hmm. But the other thing I'm not expect to be doing this much family tree stuff today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what happens when you get, you know, memories from 20, 15, 20 years ago, whatever we want to postulate there. But going back to Grisha's memories and, and the revelations there with Aaron Kruger being the attack Titan that he inherited from he, his last line of dialogue is you have to do this to protect Armin and Mikasa Mikasa. Yeah. And that's, and, that was uh, one of the two questions that oh, right. gave us too. Right. Is in Grisha's past, what theories do you have for why Aaron Kruger said Armin and Mikasa then later correcting himself when he said to Grisha on the wall? Cause they were like, even, Grisha was like, who are they? He was like, I don't know. Those aren't my memories. Yeah. So my guess, my speculation is if we talked about how the founding Titan was able to alter memories and delete memories, maybe Aaron will discover the ability to plant memories in people as a coordinate since he's like ah the force holder and has a connection to everything because that's how they describe the coordinate right because there's right. like stuff that you that human eye can't see it's just something about the titan ability that lets you see something to like a grander scale and he's mm. the sole holder of that mm. that's interesting it could be through the coordinate i might like that <laughs> I feel like that actually connects to my theory a little bit. Okay, what you got? In my theory is that they they kind of explained the reincarnation a little bit because they talked about having 13 years to mm. live. And if you're not consumed in that time, then your power will be reincarnated within somebody else. Right, somebody that's just a random person that's born or maybe not so random. So what if Mikasa and Armin are reincarnates... Ooh. of like a past life that were titans hmm because now armin was been put in a place where he's been given the power so what if like he was supposed to have it all along just like reincarnation logic and huh. then they've gone out of their way to talk about the the ackerman family Ooh. so what if because and where she's from has some ties and has some lineage to a past one of the nine Titans. Okay. We've accounted for seven Titans. There's two left. Okay. Two to go. Two to go. Okay. So spinning off of that, I'm wondering if those nine Titans we talked about that created the walls or serve as like the framework for the walls. What if that was their death and they weren't able to pass on? So, I well, mean, they I couldn't know... have because they weren't eaten. They're still in the walls. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying to remember when we saw that bit of the the wall removed. Did that Titan's eye move around, or what? Did it seem like it was stagnant? I can't remember. It was stagnant. Okay. Because the Beast Titan could tell everyone not to move. So I'm wondering okay. if the the Titans within the walls are alive, but they're following the order not to move. Okay. Okay, that very well could be. I was kind of thinking maybe their like their carcasses or husks were just kind of preserved and maybe 
going off of your theory that Armin and Mikasa might be reincarnated versions. Maybe they were the ones that were just like buried alive within the walls. Huh? That's wild. That parody has no Titans on it anymore. Like Hanji's, uh, Hanji's executioner from hell actually finished them off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They even talked about how, after while Mario opened up, like all the Titans just kind of flooded in. So there was nobody really left outside. And that's how they got from Mario to the sea so quick. Marley or, Oh no. Wall Mario. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And man, it was, it was so wholesome seeing everybody at the beach. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Levi is so paranoid over Hanji. Like it could be poisonous. Like don't touch this. Go Don't do that. And, this, except for times where we see Mikasa with Aaron's parents, mm-hmm. she's either broody or she's protective over Aaron. And for sure. her to be in the water and almost slip and have that little smile and just have fun was the most like humane we've ever seen her. It like melted yeah. my heart a little bit to see her just kind of like get to let go for a little bit. Mm hmm. And then that's when it started coming in my head. It's like, there's no way we're just going to end this on a light note. Like, it's not just having fun at the beach now. And then Aaron has his dialogue of like, we finally get to see the sea. We right. finally have freedom. Is yep. beyond that even freedom or is it just our enemies? Like, that's, you know, that's kind of the human thing, too, where it's like, oh, we can move across the ocean. Oh, the world is round. Oh, we can go deeper in the sea. Oh, there's space. What's beyond space? Like, you have that urge for adventure, but now it's like you can't even look forward to it because it's like what threats could be out there, too. Yeah, and it is it is really fitting for the show. It's like kind of the closing of a chapter. We had the mention of the sea for so long and Armin describing it as a body of water with so much salt that the merchants could spend their entire lives trying to collect it and they wouldn't even come close to collecting it all. So... As much John as tried you know, drinking it, it's yeah, like, ah, it's so salty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of exactly what you were saying. As much as this is finally them making it to the sea and seeing it with their own eyes and getting to experience it, it's it's just like the show is. Whenever we we get some little relief and some satisfaction, there's just a bigger looming threat and a bigger question. It's like, yeah, on the other side of the sea, we have an enemy that seems to be more sophisticated on every single level. And they just have so much more knowledge about everything that's going on. Like we thought the entire world was on this Island and that was all of humanity, but no, 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 no. There's so much more out there. Little do you know. Yeah. Yeah. But what you were kind of talking about Mikasa and her always being so broody and whatnot, it did make me think, about something um, from the first half of the season. I love how they always change up the intro for whatever particular arc we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. One thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, in addition to like getting to see like Levi's childhood with Kenny Ackerman and all that stuff, they showed Mikasa with Armin and Aaron and she was like super bright and smiley and she like Mm -hmm. lost her shoe and what I was like, we have never seen that. She has never yeah. been like that. Why are you showing her like that whole bright and smiley? But anyway, I digress. That led me to a lot of things. And I'm going to start with the silly one. Sure. They said the sea so many times in that scene that when they finally hit the water, I could not get the Little Mermaid song out of my head. Oh, t- <laughs> Under the sea. Under the sea. 
Everything's better. Downward is wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> yeah, I could uh, not get that song out of my head while that whole sequence was going on. That's great. And <laughs> I think Armin's obsession and recollection of the sea kind of confirms my reincarnation theory. Okay. That could he be. has a past memory experiencing it. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. I know as soon as we get off, we're going to watch a little bit of season four because I can't wait and I'm going to have a busy weekend. So I need to watch as much as I can tonight. Yeah. Marathon Um, that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of I actually wanted to open with this, but then I was so excited to talk that I forgot. But there was a lot of connections to season one in this part. Mm. And one of them, like I had seen season one and two before. Right. So when I watched season one again. I don't know if I said this in a previous episode, but they actually had flashbacks with it this time when they had Annie, Berthold, and Rhina in the same squad. Yeah. In season one, like during the battle for Trost, I was like, oh my God, from the get go, they were together. And then mm. Marco, I think his name was Marco, was with them. Oh, I forgot all about Marco. Yeah. Oh, no. And then they were talking, like, should we do this? Should we do this? And he was just eavesdropping. Yeah. Oh. And the look Poor of, like, Marco. horror of Annie's face of, like, why do we have, why did you have to do this? Like, took yeah. off all his ODM gear. And he, Jean was, like, tortured by that for a while. Like, what happened to him? How could this have happened to him? Yeah, and, and they didn't even have they didn't even have the guts or the gumption to kill them kill him themselves. They left him there for the Titans and he's like, yeah. No, I don't want to die alone. It was oh my it's goodness. Like, why he are was, you doing this? That's all he was uh, screaming, and they were crying as they were going off. And like so for when I was watching season one again, I was like, Man, that's so annoying that they were together, like from the get-go, and then to see mm-hmm. that flashback, and I was like, What? You serious? Yeah. Yeah, there was there was a lot of connections to season one, and they're like tying everything together between mm-hmm. the keys and the flashbacks and the small drops, and that led to like the two kind of fun facts that I wanted to say because I was talking to my cousin about that, mm. and he mentioned to me that apparently during the ODM training sequence when Aaron like smacks his head into the ground, oh yeah, when he's at dinner that night and he has like the bandages around his head apparently there's steam coming out of his head because he's already a titan and he's healing oh like it's ever so subtle i can send you the the youtube link of that part in particular but he's sitting at the table in season one with steam coming out of his head before any indication that humans can turn into titans okay how wild is that no yeah that's 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 great i didn't pick up on that one in particular but i did um, like retroactively think about some things we had seen in season one as well, especially after we got the revelation of Reiner being the armored Titan. And we, we talked about how when the female Titan was running through the field with everybody on horseback and whatnot, when Reiner got squeezed in her, in her fist, but then mm-hmm. cut his way out, he was full on steaming after that. And I just, mm-hmm. I chalked it up to Titan blood steams. That's what it yeah. does. But in retrospect, it's like that makes so much sense and it's all there for you. But it, like I said, it's right underneath your nose, but you don't know to look for it. So, yeah, it's a great show. And then the the second fun fact that I had is actually with the music. Mm. Uh, each of the, the openers, except for the first part of season three, 
okay. where you know they start off like very they have a little bit of like that orchestra touch to it like it's very right. vocal and right. then it like you know it, it goes into like a lot of like the metal type music sure all of these openers are by a band called linked horizon huh. and season so the first part of season three it was very slow for some reason and then okay. the second half like linked horizon picked it back up the soul song was linked horizon as well so i picked okay. it back up it started off in the classic way that the first three openers did and at mm. the very end of the song it sounds really chaotic but if you listen carefully the dialogue in the music is the ending of each of the openers that led up to that one. Oh, interesting i had not picked up on that at all wow yeah it's it's all the the songs like um the 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 vocals the the double bass like all of it is like lined up and mm. it's like the last couple of sentences of each song like one after the other and i was like that is awesome I, there was there was something about it that just seemed like so off and i was like this is a really weird way to end a song so i just started paying attention a little bit more and i like put that together because i was okay. listening to the songs i have a playlist that's just like anime openers and closers right and right. yeah to hear that was like it was really awesome i i just thought that was really impressive of linked horizon yeah that's incredibly impressive um in, in addition to the music being you know so top-notch uh, we talked about the animation a lot initially in our first um in our coverage of the first couple seasons and whatnot but they they have started to introduce you know more 3d elements especially with the titans which i think they've done a significantly better job mm-hmm. um later on like I, I think you guys talked about it when you when you did season two, but when the Colossal Titan kind of first did its 3D yeah. stuff, it didn't work for me as well. But they've come a long way, and it's it's all been animated by uh, Production IG, which has come up a couple of times. Not only did they do um, the Ninth Jedi on Star Wars Visions, which is arguably the best episode, but when we talked about uh, Batman animation recently, and I talked about Batman Gotham Knight, they did that episode. Uh, crossfire in which the two officers in Gordon's MCU unit, uh, major crime unit, not Marvel cinematic universe, but um, <laughs> yeah, they, their animation is just on another level. And it's so it, you know, demon slayer has its own style and its own identity, but there's just something um, incredibly like fantastical about this particular design and the backgrounds and the character work and the fluidity of the action and the motion. Um, so you're it's, saying we would be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a character on un, unto itself. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff with the show. Uh, so Gillian mm-hmm. had one more question for us and we're kind of like hitting our mark. And it's kind of the last part of the story is um, everything with, the ramifications. Okay. There's no scene that doesn't deal with ramifications. And the, one of the big things is we have characters who are making Armin feel bad about mm. surviving and questioning his worth. And one of the questions that we got from Gillian as well was, how do you think Armin will handle being tasked with the strategic role that Erwin previously did? Ultimately, I think he's going to end up doing a better job than Irvin because as admirable and as quality of a leader as Irvin appeared to be, towards the end, we realized how 
selfish his motivations really were. And while I felt for him not getting those answers and having to bite the bullet before he got to see what was going on in that basement, Armin has has never, I don't think we've ever seen him do a single selfish thing. And the fact that he was willing to sacrifice himself and the and the fact that he himself feels like he wasn't the right candidate to receive this. I, I'm curious to see how he's going to be able to implement his own Titan abilities in strategic ways. And as much as Aaron is like a rush forward without really putting all the thought into it and kind of hope for the best. I think Armin's going to be the real double threat here with mm-hmm. the mind and the power now. So, you know, Hanji, who I still love, wasn't exactly kind to him and, and <laughs> kind of telling him that she thought he was the wrong choice as well. But yeah. um, with them both having kind of collaborated in the past, I, and her fascination with, with all things Titan. Um, even though the, the scouts have been pretty much obliterated, I'm sure they'll get a new batch of recruits. And, uh, you know, we know that this next season is going to be the final season. So we have to have some satisfying conclusions. And I would not be surprised at all if those came at the hands of Armin's leadership. Yeah. Even before he was a scout, like Pixis recognized his genius and put him in charge of putting plans together. Mm-hmm. And then Irvin and Hanji have recognized afterwards too. So for Irvin to even say, hey, all of you, Armin's your commanding officer now. Listen to everything he says. And mm-hmm. while he did panic, like he pulled through pretty quick. And yeah. when they were like, What's the plan? What are we supposed to do? Like, this is it. You see that look of ridiculousness. And then that's probably like the most competent I've ever seen these soldiers where they were like, yes, sir. And just like went and did it and started like checking for the creases and stuff like that. Right, right, right. So it really was a risk to kind of go with the younger guy, except for the instead of the person. While I was curious if you did give it to Irvin, like, would the Titan come back with two arms or I don't know. I mean, Aaron came up with two arms, so I guess why not? Yeah. Um it was a risk, sure. but I'm glad that they were that Aaron's point of like listing all the stuff that he did to save the scouts and help the scouts was like he recommends mm. Annie, he found Berthold, he came up with this plan, he did this, he did that. Like, how is this not a clear choice? Like, Irvin did his time, but like, it was also fear of Hanji and Levi having to step up too, True. because they've always relied on Irvin. They're all they were always enforcers. True. But it it really is a new era, and I think um, now that Armin knows that he can recover and that he just has 13 years to live anyways, I feel like his confidence is going to go up. Yeah, just that's true. Just knowing that the, the likeliness of him dying has gone down a lot. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say about that is I, I'm kind of thinking about the fact that, you know, we did see Armin pull the trigger on that... Uh, member of Kenny's squad in the beginning of the season, but he was still pretty disturbed by the fact. And he acknowledged that like, they're all bad guys now on some level, they might've been good people before, but now they're all pretty terrible people. He still seems like a pacifist. He was absolutely disgusted by the fact that he ate bear told. So I'm wondering maybe there'll be some crossover between 
that original member of the Rice family that for whatever reason, whatever motivation they had, they instilled their will to basically try to avoid conflict. Maybe Armin will actually see where they were coming from and Armin Mm -hmm. will follow that same path. And maybe that's the answer. A ceasefire. Maybe there's some way that everyone can live peacefully and cohabitate together. That seems pretty optimistic and naive at this point in time, but I think Armin would be the one to be able to make that happen more so than, than Aaron. Yeah. He's got 13 years to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the, the last, the last thing I kind of want to point out is, um, Aaron kind of understanding the connection and the importance of the Royal blood Mm. and him knowing the, the history of how, when a rice gets the ability, the weight of the memories of the family presses them down and they start, they, they never use the power for good. Right. And he has this theory that he can, only talk to the lovely queen historia about Mm. and there's that theory of if he's because oh my god how did we not talk about this his like alpha call ability came when he touched dinah right 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 that was a big reveal for him to realize that like he made that connection in the courtroom and Hans like is there something you want to share it's like yeah having a moment because he's 15 i'm like that's a weird thing to blame it on. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. just, they, they said the dialogue so nonchalantly too. It wasn't even like, like if that was Demon Slayer or Naruto, it would have been like, like an over comical reaction to it. But he was like, oh, what, totally. what do you mean? Um, <laughs> so that was just kind of like, how are we just so casual about this? Like you're just in a courtroom in front of the queen and like all the highest military members just like, oh, he's just having a 15 year old boy moment. Like, yeah. Mm. Premier Zachary's like, oh yeah. He is about that age, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. It is a little weird. <laughs> but yeah, that was some really interesting speculation. I'm very I'm very intrigued to to see how that conversation between Aaron and Queen Astoria go and kind of what mm-hmm. they come up with with that. Yeah. Likewise. Hopefully season four doesn't throw us for a loop and just, you know, kind of oh, what season will. three did. Oh yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. Yeah, while I was trying to find, like, we've been kind of coming up with names for these arcs. Uh huh. But then it got to the point where I had seen it. So I was trying to come up with names when we put up um, the watch list on Instagram. Go check that out and give it a like if you haven't already. Sure. I realized that at the beginning of the wiki article, it has the name, like, the exact names of the two arcs based off of the manga that the parts are named after. And I'm like, God dang it, oh. why did I not realize that till now? Uh, you got a lot on your plate, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just so hard, like, trying to read this stuff without getting spoilers, but, like, I just want to have, like, that clean content to, to for post sure. for everybody. Um, so, the last two are called Marley and Parody. So, mm. the next arc is just going to be called the Marley arc, and then the Parody okay. arc, so. Okay. Yeah, that should be interesting. You got 15 episodes for each of them. Awesome. Awesome. And I think as of at the time of this recording, you shared 
three episodes left. Exactly. Yeah. You shared a post from some social media account that, yeah, we've only got three episodes to go before it is all said and done. Yeah. So hopefully we can knock out part one, finish as much of part two as we can, and like just have the finale to talk about as a whole episode because I just miss talking about standalone episodes <laughs> <laughs> it's hard like recollecting everything over 15 but like it's it's been fun watching and talking and watching and talking like it's nice to kind of break it up a little bit yeah yeah no totally and um it was great to do it for demon slayer you know talk about it week week to week and break down the episodes individually but i do think it would have been a little bit more difficult with this show oh yeah just because I don't I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, but some episodes more so than others, you just get so many more revelations. And mm-hmm. the last couple episodes of this season, definitely that was the case. Yeah, we easily could have spliced up these, each of these seasons into like four recordings. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could that have been smoother? Yeah, but then we risk like missing the finale. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm yeah. I'm very grateful that we haven't had anything spoiled for us yet. I've had a couple things here and there, but nothing like too pressing. Right. Uh, so we're almost there. Woohoo! All right. Uh, nice. The last thing that I want to add to end this on a positive note is seeing Sasha in the hospital room eating apples with such delight looking out the window was beautiful. I love yeah. that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that reminds me of my favorite Sasha moment as as much as it was difficult to see her in such a pitiful state when she was injured. But when everyone's kind of arguing about uh, whether or not Armin was the right candidate or what have you, and she's just like, will you all just shut up? And Hanji's just like, that's our Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think both of them would be related, like they have the same hairstyle. They have both yeah. have, like drooling obsessions over stuff. They both right. have like really bad injuries at the same time like one lost mm, an eye mm. one lost like got hit in the gut real bad at the same episode like oh yeah, yeah. are they sisters <laughs> mm? they're both Eldians we know that much at this point now yeah yeah ah, I love yeah. it the show's great yeah it's been a, a real pleasure and absolute blast to binge and, and get to podcast about um as we're winding down here, I will take this opportunity to um, let the people know about something uh, we have coming up. So I have spoken to Matthew Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and there is a new show on Amazon Prime called The Boys Diabolical, which is a spinoff of the celebrated series, live action series there. And they've done another basically anthology series where it is eight about 15 minute shorts that are all set in the world of the boys with Vought, um, I think Vought Industries, whatever, the Vought company. And I've watched six out of the eight and it's or it's it's a lot of fun. And I love the diversity of the animation and, and the stylings of the stories and whatnot. So uh, we'll be covering that very soon. And hopefully Zuhair can join that, join us for that. If not, it will be Matthew Carroll and myself covering that. So look forward to that hitting the feed and if you like what we're doing here i definitely encourage you to share the show with your friends anybody that's into animated content we would definitely appreciate the share and the growth and if you feel so inspired uh leave us a five star review or whatever you think we are deserving of you can do that wherever you catch your podcasts 
and uh, we appreciate we it very much. Criticism. Yeah. That's it for me uh, this week. So I will say thanks for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. When it's time to give a truly special gift to that special someone in your life, why not turn to a jeweler you can trust? Solomon Brothers Jewelers is a family-owned business that's earned Atlanta's trust for decades with high quality, low prices, and the largest selection. Solomon Brothers has thousands of wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds in stock. Shop Solomon Brothers online at SolomonBrothers.com, SolomonBrothers.com, or stop by stores with locations in Buckhead or Alpharetta and experience the best. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.